Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. All right. Well, welcome to the Flipping Off podcast. Um, I'm Melina Boswell, CEO and founder of Wealth Advisors Club. And today I have Oscar Solar, COO of Wealth Advisors Club. Hey, hey. So today we thought it would be important to, or valuable actually, to talk about um, the market. Yep. Right. So banks failing. <laughs> yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, you know, the bank run idea. You know, is there going to be a bank run? Has there been a bank run? I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like we could, you know, go down all kinds of crazy rabbit trails um, about the banking, um, about the banking uh, business in America, which I think is super broken. And I think it's interesting that we're seeing it unfold before our very eyes. Like we're seeing the business model of banks that I think most people who go to the bank and deposit don't understand, right? What they're doing. The traditional, right? The traditional banking. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're, what we've come to realize is that when we put our money in the bank, we are essentially lending, we're giving the bank an unsecured loan, right? Like we don't think that we don't realize that what we think is, Oh, we're putting money in the bank and it's safe. Like a, like a safe, you know, like an underground safe or like a, you know, like, yeah. And it's not that it's not actually, you give your money when you deposit money in the bank, the bank takes your money and they invest it as they see fit. And if you go for a loan, you're borrowing your own money back. You're borrowing your own money back. At a higher rate than you're getting paid. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it's super interesting. So what's happening now is we're seeing, um, people, I guess it has a lot to do with technology and just we're a, a smarter persons, you know, now, like we just have um, more um, availability for communication. Mm-hmm. So, and more people communicate and talk about what's going on. Whereas even in the great financial crisis in 2008, you know, we got our news from the news the television, you know, media, which essentially was, um, you know, mainstream media, which was TV, right? The regular mm-hmm. news. And then maybe you'd have some crazy, um, like AM talk radio people that were generally the fringe, you right. know? Um, and so n- nobody just like having a uh, valuable conversation that is, you know, <laughs> yeah. not with an angle, right? Like yeah. without it, without an agenda, just like talking about what's happening. So I remember I remember those being the editorials. Oh yeah, that's right. They used to be called Somebody the editorial. Show up in the and say, yeah. So my editorial is about yeah. Right? And, and was their opinion, their opinion right? which is fine. Right. The opinion piece is yeah. totally fine, right? But it's not that way anymore because now mm-hmm. the news is all opinion and it's all uh, disgustingly opinion. Because I mean, if you just share this is my opinion, that's totally fine. But don't share your opinion as if it's the facts and all the truth. Mm-hmm. And now we know that. So I think we're just a, a smarter people now as a result of where we are. So even from the great financial crisis, which is fascinating because it's only been, what, you know, four, 15 years, something like that. And the strides that we've taken in the last 15 years in terms of how we respond to what's going on is fascinating to me. And, you know, there's that saying, history always repeats itself. And so yeah. I do wonder, you know, are, is history repeating itself right now? And I don't I don't feel like it is. I don't think we are going to see. Uh, yeah, it's di- it's different. Because mm-hmm. if you go back to 08 time frame, mm-hmm. right, when yeah. that burst of the bubble and mm-hmm. all that happened, there was a rescue mission by the feds for all the banks, right, the bailouts and everything else mm-hmm. that took place. And if I remember correctly or recently heard as well, 
they they created a fund. Yeah, TARP. An oops fund, right? Mm-hmm. So Are you talking will, about TARP? So this will never happen again to the banks. Oh, oh, they oh, just oh. Set, they set billions of dollars aside. Yeah. And oh. that's supposed to be the oops fund for banks so that the feds don't necessarily have to come in anymore. Mm. And, I didn't and rescue know them. So I forget where I read it or heard Interesting. it. Interesting. It in the last couple of weeks. So that prompted a thought for me, like, wait. Well, where's that money? So why are these guys failing? Yeah. And then the government's saying, nope, no bailouts. Right. So that's where it kind of that, that came from. So that, for me, that's the difference is um, the banks are failing today, but not how they failed before. Before it was because around the lending, mm-hmm. the, right? The mortgages, the lending, the types of loans that were giving out, you know, mm-hmm. Fog and Mary got a loan, that, that type of stuff. Well, and that, yeah, because it was an impossibility for anybody. It was a guaranteed default, right? right? And there's like, you know, yeah. yeah. Guaranteed defaults. <clears throat> so, yeah. so today it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's a big, huge difference. And the, and the, t- the companies that were affected were a lot of online companies, mm-hmm. the recent bank failures. Yeah. And you only really heard of the one, even though there mm-hmm. was three or four other ones that yeah. failed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those were kind of swept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were yeah. swept underneath. There's so, five, yeah. five banks failed yeah, in the <clears> last so, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, interesting. So what do you make of that? Right? Yeah. Like why isn't that hitting the headlines? Yeah. I don't know that it is or isn't because I read different, you know, I like, I read lots of op-eds and I listen to different podcasts and I try to, you know, get my information. I was actually saying, you know, I never watch the news. So I read and I try to get, gather. It's, it's exhausting because what you really have to do to stay informed of things is you have to read a whole bunch of different um, news, you know, I say media, but really media. Yeah, different outlets. And then understand who you're reading and what their position is Mm -hmm. so that you can color in the pieces that they aren't going to color in for you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, okay, I know their agenda is blah, 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 right? Right. And so it's fascinating that that where we are sitting right now, and of course it's, it's, you know, it's going to affect – um, real estate, because, you know, it's the, the biggest purchase, right? And sure. so what we're seeing right now is this convoluted mess of um, raising interest rates in order to create inflation, right? Intentional, right. which I think has been a miserable fail. And then we just had, so that, you know, Jay Powell was supposed to raise the rate um, last week, right? A week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he raised it 50 basis points, I think. And so, which essentially is like, and I think I said this to you, it's like, it's like the epitome of lukewarm. It's like tepid water, you <laughs> yeah. know, like just horrible because it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's like, right. well, I'm going to do something, but not exactly nothing. You don't even know what this signal is. You don't know. It's right. just more right. chaos, which I guess maybe is intentional, you know, maybe like they're intentionally trying to leave us confused. Like we're all kind of scratching our head going, well, you know, this is the way they don't let the banks fail completely and let people fail completely because they don't want everybody, they, what they don't want is to freak everybody out. So everybody runs and takes right. all their money out of the bank and then the, you know, everything fails. Yeah. So, cause we know there's not enough money in the bank to, you know, this morning they were saying that <clears throat> the effect that they expected, mm-hmm. no surprise, isn't what the result is today of the, from the last, the, the, the last increase. Mm-hmm. It, it nudged slightly, but not enough. Yeah. So all that means is, well, another one coming up. Another hike, yeah, and, and it is what it is. It's interesting to consider, like, 
what's really crazy is, all right, so we have we have increased interest rates, which just automatically affects us as real estate investors because, I mean, theoretically, we buy, pro- we buy real estate um, at a discounted price, and then we turn around, we either hold it ourselves or we sell it either, you know, by fixing it and flipping it or we wholesale it, whatever, you know, there's that's that's what we do. So, but our business model is one that says we buy real estate at a discounted price. And so, and that's been very difficult um, the, for the last, since the great financial crisis, actually. Uh, and I mean, the last couple years, it's, we've had such a frothy market that anybody could be a real estate investor, right? Because the market was just continually going up. Right. So you could buy a property, you know, one of the, one of the foundational fundamental truths of real estate investing is you make your money on your buy and then you get paid on your exit, right? Well, what's happened when you have a market that's going up like this, you don't even need to be good at making your money on your buy because all you need to, needed to do was acquire something. And because the market's going up, you can make money on it. Mm-hmm. So any bonehead could do that. Um, great. Uh, which has been frustrating for me. It was the same in in the real estate market, you know, in the boom during, you know, 2002 to 2006. And, um, and then, you know, market fell out and most people you know, got out of the game and people still walk into our club and they're still whining about 2008. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, you got to get over that at yeah. some point, you know? You know, another thing I, I just heard recently, I read again, uh, one of the feeds, uh, they're talking about a credit crunch coming. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which will then mm-hmm. affect the major purchases, right? So the boats, the RVs, mm-hmm. houses, yeah. those types of things are going to get affected more so because credit crunch meaning the consumer now has to qualify for differently for those loans, meaning better credit scores, bigger down payments, and willing DTI, to pay a mm-hmm. higher interest, interest rate. rate. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's interesting because unfortunately, for like the truth is, for the last fifteen years, many people that are like you know consumers in the market today have never lived in a market that stood on its own. They've lived, they've only lived in a market that was propped up by the government, right? So they don't even know what it looks like for that. So like the idea that people can't have something, mm-hmm. <laughs> most people don't know what that's like. Right. Most like a lot of the younger, you know, people right now, the the millennials and, and the Gen Zs, right? They're living in this and they're, they're part of the consumer now, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know what it's like to not be able to get something, you know, like I want it. So I buy it. I can't afford it. I finance it. it. Right. And just, I just do it anyway. Yeah. So, and that's a phenomenon for me, you know, like having any kind of personal discipline to tell yourself no to something. Like I can't do that. Even though I can, doesn't mean I should. Right. 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 Doesn't mean it's a, it's a good point for me to make. So I, I think, um, the, the big question, right, that I think everybody wants to know is how is this going to affect us as real estate investors? What do we do with this market? What do we do with, um, you know, how do we continue to survive in the market? And what I know is that everybody's a freaking coach right now because when you can't make money in real estate, you become a coach. That's what people do. So then people are going to try to sell shit. They're going to try to sell. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. David was just telling me, he said, this kid came on and he's like, I'm you know, just bragging about all, you know, he's like 24 years old and I'm, I've done all this and blah, blah, you know, and I'm yeah. just like, you know, obviously it's not the truth. Yeah. So you know that people are exaggerating yeah. and they have no problem with that, but that's terrifying because it's terrifying to me because I think that people are hungry, right? And they're becoming desperate. They're going to become desperate to find a way to make money in this market. And then you have people that have no problem with slinging stuff and just fully fabricating um, results, possible results, and and then they become a coach and all of that, right? And, you know, 
it's I, I, I have this battle, right, between I want to speak truth to people because I know people listen to me. Um, and I want to empower and inspire people to take a risk, to take a leap, to do something, you know, that you really want to do. I know it's possible, but I, um, I also want to make sure that people know the risk involved and that it's not easy. And that if it were so easy, everybody would do it, you know, and it's not that easy to be a real estate investor. It is very difficult and the risk is great. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be like, and I always do this, you know, you got to watch out because, you know, <laughs> like old, old person, like, you know, being very um, like my grandfather, you know, actually not my grandfather, but my grandmother, you know, my like immigrants, right? I'm, we're, we're an immigrant family from Italy. So, you know, my, my grandmother was like, no, you know, no, 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 you don't, don't do anything like that. You don't take the risk. You don't take the risk. And my grandfather was for sure a risk taker, but, and it was like, grandma, calm down. But you know, she's kind of right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I do want to talk about what I see in the market uh, and how my concerns and that what I think is great and what I think isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting with the acquisition strategies, right? So if we make sure. our money on our buy, it starts with acquisition strategies. And then, you know, when I said um, this last training, I said, you make your money on your buy. And somebody said, I don't really understand that. Well, really, when you acquire your property, you want to be thinking about what your exit is already. That's how you make your money on your buy. You don't just acquire a property or my favorite thing, get it under contract for like people get properties under contract <laughs> all the time. Like that yeah. means something. It doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Just because you get a property under contract doesn't mean anything. Gotta, I can get a property under contract. You have a dispo plan. Right. So you you make your money on your buy by looking at it and deciding how you can exit out of it, right? How you're going to get paid. And so what we're seeing right now is people, you know, using creative acquisitions. Because if we're thinking about we make our money on our buy, on our exit, if we're going to sell it, if we're going to like buy a fix and flip, for example, mm-hmm. buy a trashed house, we want to make it pretty and then sell it to a family who can live in it and the, the challenge is our end buyer, right? Our, our end buyer right now, the, the pool is shrinking because mm-hmm. the interest rates, so interest rates going higher, price yeah. people the out of being able, yeah, mm-hmm. being able to afford to purchase yeah. a home. Yeah. So that, that kind of brings it back a little bit to, because we're on the lending side as well, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we understand it and we know that, hey, it doesn't matter if you pay your lender or not, who cares, right? Do you pay the lender, it's whatever the rate is, not that you don't pay them, but whatever the rate is, who cares? Right. Because as long as your numbers make sense, right. it doesn't matter. Right. The dynamic right now though is how can we take advantage of what's happening in the market? Mm-hmm. One, on the real estate side. And then how can we take advantage of what's happening with the current rates, right? Or avoid that piece, right? Having to step into 7%, 8% rates when there's so many... Two percent, three percent out there right. that exist already. Right. And how do you creatively put that together? And the buzz right now, right, when it comes to that, is like, ooh, sub two and <laughs> subject and, to, <clears throat> so yeah. subject to the existing mortgage. Right. And there's the peace sign and all the other crap yeah. that goes with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's not new. No. Right. You, you guys taught me that back in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's been around for for a long time. It's just right. that it's it's a buzz right now. It is a buzz right now. And I think it's great. I, and so here's the deal. I feel like I wanted to do a podcast on warning. Like I want there to be a, a, a warning label on trying to um, buy a property subject to the existing mortgage. So let me tell you what I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. 
So a few things. Buying subject to the existing mortgage is a great, it can be a fantastic strategy. And I, I learned it 15 years ago, right? And I've been implementing it for several years. But I can. So here's one of the things I'm seeing right now that really scares me is that um, people are going out, they're getting property under contracts, they're getting a seller under contract, and they're, they're getting it so that the seller um, agrees to a subject to transaction, meaning right. that, you know, the buyer um, becomes the owner of the property. So by virtue of the deed, they own the property. So, so owner deeds the property over to the buyer. Buyer now is the owner of the property. The, the loan or the mortgage stays in the buyer or the seller's name. Right. And now the buyer agrees to make the mortgage payment. And there's lots of ways to um, do the paperwork, a contract and make sure the payment is made, blah, 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 blah. OK, so I've bought several properties that way and I've and I have horror stories to share. Right. I have <laughs> horror stories about what that looks like. Here's here's the thing that bugs the shit out of me that I'm the most concerned about is what happens if um, I can no longer afford to make that payment? What happens to the seller? So the seller walks away from the asset and and but leaves the liability still in their name. Now the liability is you're trusting a buyer to take care of that liability. And here's what's happening right now. People are selling that subject to contract to a third party. I was I was just gonna it's just crossing my mind that that's one of the things that you and I would never do. Never. Right? We would never, I would never have Joe Schmo come in and assume a contract that I already locked into place when that seller is trusting me. Exactly. To, with the commitments that I've made. Now I'm going to pawn them off on somebody else and wipe my hands clean and play dirty and leave. Right. Exactly. It's bizarre to me. How it's people super. feel so comfortable doing that. Oh my God. It's terrifying. And here's my big fear, right? Here's my big fear. I already know what's going to happen. There's going to be some freaking Joe is going to do this exact strategy. They're going to wholesale, wholesale it out and they're going to celebrate it and they're going to plug it all over social media and brag and brag and brag. And then the buyer, the third party is not going to perform yep. and they're going to allow that. Cause I mean, anything could happen, right? Let's say that, you know, that, oh, my own, my own situation, I had a property I bought subject to, uh, back in 2017 or 18, I guess. And, um, you know, I was renting that property out. I was Airbnb in that property. I was doing very, very well on it. And then I had a, a an Airbnb guest. I'm not even going to say a tenant because I did not rent to this person. I allowed them to. <laughs> short term, short term. Short term <laughs> rental it. And so, um, but, you know, she wouldn't leave. She yeah. just wouldn't leave. So then, and it happened to be during um, the pandemic. And so there was a moratorium, right, on eviction. But even if there wasn't a moratorium on eviction, depending on what state you're in and um, what the laws are and what the circumstances are, this could happen to anybody. Right. This could absolutely happen to anybody. And this is a, a very viable thing. It could totally happen where she didn't move. She didn't pay me. She stayed in my house for a year and a half, one year and a half so I think it was a total of 18 months or something like that, 17 months, I don't know, um, and never paid anything. And I had, so, and here's the thing, I had that property subject to, meaning I was the owner, right? But I, I made a deal with a seller. Mm -hmm. I told the seller, I'll make your payments. I'll make sure that I don't ruin your credit because you're trusting me with your credit. That was my word and my signature, my mm -hmm. signature and just a contract between the two of us. And realistically, if I didn't make that payment, 
during that year and a half that I wasn't getting rent, the, the, the original owner of that property would be the one that got screwed. Yeah. She would be the one whose credit would be ruined because I didn't fulfill on my contract. And it's not really my fault. It's not my fault because the, the person moved into my house and didn't pay rent. That's not my fault. I did everything I could. My hands were tied. So I could have just said, forget it. And my fear is this is what's going to happen. And people aren't prepared for this. And then most people, I think, would be willing to walk away. Like, well, there's nothing else I can do. You know, maybe I'll keep it up for a few months, but I'm not going to keep it up for a year and a half. You know, and then I think what's going to happen is you're going to have enough defaults and enough original owners who are going, consumers who are going to get hurt by this scenario. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just had a thought. What happened? <clears throat> well, yeah. just had a thought cross my mind. It's like, I need to run a report or we need to run a report that shows the person on title is different from the loan. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. And track those. A great idea so that we could really see what happens. I like that. That's a very good idea. Yeah. So you know what's going to happen is a consumer, a seller, right? Sold their property. They got cash that they wanted. And then I don't know, three years later, loan is still in their name. They don't own the asset. And somebody, maybe that, that contract has been assigned and assigned and assigned and everybody's raped and pillaged it as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Now you end up with somebody who doesn't have the ability because something happens, who knows, right? And now they can't make the payment. And then it's really easy for them to walk away because it's not their credit. So they just walk away. It's going to come back to the original owner and the original owner, there's going to be enough of this that they need relief and they need protection. And of course, they're going to go to the government and the government's going to get involved. And now there's going to be laws against this. Right. And this is the thing that I'm the most worried about. And I feel like I want to scream and yell from the rooftops to tell people this isn't as easy as you think. And I know it's super sexy on social and I know everybody wants to do it. And, you know, slick talkers and, you know, silver tongued people, just, you know, bragging, 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 bragging. And it is sexy. I get it. It's exciting. But it's just, you know, I, I do feel like I'm that old hag, you know, like, don't do it because, you know, like, I don't want to be that. <laughs> Yeah, but, but somebody has to ring the bell. Mm. Somebody has to ring the bell because you're right. It's And <clears throat> as you're speaking, I'm, I'm kind of going like, how many times has that already happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's happened. have already been screwed over because of it, right? It's already happened. And the more common knowledge this becomes, the more people talk about it, the more... Um, the, the You know, the more easy it's going to become and the more people are going to do it and the less... Um, serious people are going to take it and then that's going to lead to disaster. I already yeah. know. And it's going to take a bunch of people and then somebody is going to get really hurt. And then some politician is going to see it as an opportunity to make a name for themselves and to, you know, champion the consumer who's getting screwed over by the real estate investors again, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, gosh, I just don't want our industry to be tainted anymore. And I can like see the handwriting on the wall in the future. Like, please don't put us in that situation where now we have these new laws, new governances that are on top of us because somebody wanted to make more money um, selling stuff than actually doing real estate. That's, that's what scares me the most. It takes me back to uh, the big, you know, short sale era, right? Where yeah. we're doing so many short sales and yes. then the banks all of a sudden were like, hey, yeah. we're going to regulate how much you can sell this for once yep. you start selling it. That's exactly what happened. <clears throat> yeah. And it was absolutely that. It was the result of somebody screwing somebody over many times over and yep. the banks 
thought they're helping. So they, they yeah. start creating restrictions based on timelines. Well, and it's true, though. The banks did have to step in. They did have to create mm -hmm. regulations because of a bunch of, you know, it's like the wild, wild west and people not having enough respect for the system and not having any like line of of um, morality. Like what is reasonable and what is not reasonable? There, there was people out there buying houses for 50 grand. I know. And they know. were worth 300 and yeah. and they were they were doing double closes. Oh yeah. All so that's stuff. the thing. They weren't even they people were do you realize what was happening? People were buying this is exactly what it feels like to me is that um people would, you know, my favorite realtors like ugh, just so gross, right? <laughs> Who it's embarrassing, just so embarrassing and so gross. But they would, you know, get a property under contract under a short sale. Um they would then have it for 50,000 from the bank, then they would already market it for $200,000 and they would literally have one set of funds for $200,000 and they would pocket 150. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening. And that kind of nonsense is infuriating. And that's why regulations came in. And that's why people just couldn't get a regular short sale, you know, and, and a real discount on a property based on the condition of the property and the actual value of the property, you know, and it did ruin a, it ruined a lot of people's opportunity inside real estate, both as consumers and as investors. You know, investors should come in and be a, of help to the consumer and of help to the real estate industry. And instead, we have gotten a terrible rap uh, and more governance and more um, ruining of our reputation based on this kind of nonsense. And that's what's going on right now. Nonsense. People marketing to sell people shit to make bad decisions without actually caring about what's going on with the people. And that is infuriating to me. And I recognize I sound like my grandmother. <sighs> <laughs> you know, the, <clears throat> the other thing that goes with that is that, so you have people learning this strategy mm -hmm. and then they turn around and try to position it with sellers people that are in distress, whatever. Yeah. And they try to educate them. But what we know is that as educators, we know that I can teach, you can teach someone, but they can't teach the next person. Oh, for sure. They don't sure. have the skill set. They don't have the, the experience behind it. So now they're miseducating those homeowners, which leads to essentially convincing them to be in. We see it on the other end of the homeowners like, well, so-and-so said they could do this, this, and this. <laughs> We're like, well, yeah, Sure, they can. We won't because that's kind of illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let alone immoral right. and unethical, right? I mean, right, that right. aside, because I suppose, you know, being ethical and morality are subjective, sure. right? They are subjective. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, yeah. you know, that's, yeah, my, that's personal, my personal moral, you know, line is my personal moral right. line. I don't expect, I don't want to be on a high horse and try to. Not at all. That's why but, they can do it. Absolutely. But, but here's the challenge is that, you know, you have to tell the whole truth. It's like wholesaling. Super funny. You know, we were just in Tampa. We were just doing a training in Tampa. And, you know, we were teaching wholesaling, talking about wholesaling. And a student awesome. asked, how how do you convince this, the seller to allow this? You know, how do you, or how, what, what was the question? How do you, um, oh, you, you it was had, about disclosing. Oh, yeah. Mm. But it was like, they were, they were essentially saying, how do you hide it from the seller? Yeah. How, how do you hide How do you it? keep them from knowing what you're how making? How do you keep them from knowing what you're making? That's what, what? it was. We were huh? like, oh. <laughs> How are you talking about? We were, yeah, uh, we don't ever yeah. do that. Like we're yeah. very, very straightforward with our yeah. seller, actually, yeah. which is why. How do you keep from them that you're not the one that's actually going to buy it? Right. right. That's what the question yeah. is. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
we disclose that it might be another entity. Yeah, absolutely. And that there's going to be um, a fee that the new buyer will pay sure. me in order for the work that I've done to bring the two of you I mean, together. It's, it's actually in the contract. Absolutely. It's 100% in the contract and we disclose right. everything. And it's funny because, uh, you know, they don't have that in Florida because Florida is the wild, wild west, which <laughs> is a beautiful thing. I love, by the way, um, for the right reasons, sure. you know. So I'm, I'm clearly, I'm not a fan of... Um, you know, the government being on top of everything of more government interference, more government oversight, you know, but then I realize we need government oversight mm -hmm. because of people. <laughs> Dumbassery. <laughs> Dumbassery. It's yeah. super frustrating. So it's like, I, I, you know, I wanted to do a podcast and talk about the risks and talk about how very, very probable the um, the likelihood of a, a seller getting hurt or a deal going sideways, mm -hmm. you know? And I try to tell people, think about this. Think about when you're buying a house subject to, you You don't, you know, you're not coming in with, you don't have to get your own financing, but you have to, I always say this, it's not monopoly money, man. It's like real money. It's actual people's money. Sure. So you have to treat it as such. You have to act as if this is your money. You know, dealing with students and they bring me deals or they bring us leads and they think it's a deal. And then, you know, our answer is always there's not enough there's not enough spread here. Like right? we right. can't do this. And people want to find every reason to make a deal work. And our job is to find every reason not to make a deal work so that we all win, mm -hmm. you know, and this whole subject to and creative acquisition strategy makes the numbers a, a lot sexier. You know, it just does. And it makes it a lot easier. Your point of entry can be a lot less. There's not as much sacrifice that's needed by an investor to come in and do it. But I, like, I don't think that I look at wholesaling and I don't feel like, you know, wholesaling is actually, I don't think you're a real estate investor when you wholesale. I just don't. I think that it's a tool in your tool belt that you get to utilize. Right. But I don't believe that you're a real estate investor. Well, even even wholesaling, the way it's right, it's flippity floppity, whatever they're, they're going to name it. Oh, my God. Right. They Coming rename it. Really, yeah. things. Yeah. Just to resell shit. Rebrand the same yes. old thing that's been going around. Yes. And so wholesaling. Yeah, it's sexy. You know, it's, it sounds great mm -hmm. because like I can get into it for a hundred bucks, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But really, like what you were saying is, you know, for us, it's it's an exit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a tool in a tool belt. It's one of, of the three, right, of our trifecta. Like if you can mm -hmm. do that and a few other things, then mm -hmm. cool. That makes sure. sense. It's an option. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's a go-to. Fix and flip, cool. Yeah, it's Same sexy thing. too, right? It's sexy, but neither one is of us it? is doing it right now. <laughs> is it? Just because, <laughs> you know, you do a few and you're like, mm, yeah, I'm kind of over it. Yeah, that's it. Right. So there's, there's just so many factors into it. I think each one of those could eventually be like a podcast of – yeah. You know, a conversation about the, the pitfalls and everything else to go with it because there's a lot of gotchas that aren't really taught. They're just, they're sold the, the dream. They're sold the hoopla, the excitement. You can do it. Everybody can do it. But you can't. <laughs> you sound can, old not, too. Not everybody. Oh, should I go into the voice? To the voice. <laughs> you got to be really it, careful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's silly, you know, because it has a lot of moving parts. It has a lot of moving parts. So mm -hmm. if you look at the economy today, it's ripe for all these things to take place. Right? Yeah. As, as an investor, yes. you put your, your investor glasses on yes. and it's ripe, right? There's so much opportunity. There's so many things that you can walk into. Yes. But man, watch out what you're walking into. Mm -hmm. 
like know, really know what it is. Because a lot of folks, what I'm experiencing right now is if we say no to fix and flip, mm -hmm. to rehab, right. they default to wholesale. Cool. Right. And if wholesale looks a little mm, iffy, well, let's keep it. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> that like, <laughs> hold on, dude. Like, I can't exit out of this. Why would I keep it? Where's the... Where, Tell me where the plus is. We can get creative. We can do a sub two. Mm -hmm. Like, all right. <laughs> but it's upside down. <laughs> like, Which may be okay. If the rents call for it's sure. The, exactly. Right? Yeah. But, but you know. Well, you, I do know. It, it, I do know. It's like you don't, you don't, you do not do your numbers based on last itch effort. We can buy it and hold it subject to. That's like the worst thing ever. Like you always buy on cash flow, always buy on cash flow. If the numbers don't work on cash flow, you don't freaking buy it. Right. So, but people don't want to talk about that. They just want to get it under contract, get it under contract, get it under contract. And it's like actually wholesaling it out is a, is a, you know, okay, if, if, you know, I want to give somebody else a great opportunity that I'm going to pass up on, right. that's right. what it really is. There's enough meat on the bone to yeah. leave it on the bone. Yeah. Do right? I really want to wholesale this out? Meaning, do I want to skip this and pass on this opportunity for myself? Right. That's how wholesaling should be. Not as I just, I'm a wholesaler. Shut up. You're not a wholesaler. There's no <laughs> such a thing. You know, you know, I mean, I hate to, oh God, I sound, I don't really care. It's just the truth. What's the so it's different if you if you're buying goods, and you're mm -hmm. you're you're buying them wholesale to yeah. sell them retail. Yeah, right. That's right. that's easier to correlate, sure. right? Sure. But in real estate, if you're not buying it, you're not. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not buying it at a wholesale price to I sell know. it at a retail price. I know. I know. It's and that kind of goes along with. And I think you're right. I think we could do a a podcast on each one of these. Like, don't try this. Don't do this. Or you can. But be super clear. Like right now, part of this, um, the the so it's, it's like that's what this whole thing is that we're talking about right now is that um, it's the fad. There's a fad of you know subject to. It's a fad right now, which is scary. And I, you know, we we've seen all the fads. Like wholesaling has been a fad now for probably ten years. And um, they've just you know people have gotten creative in the way they rename it. They sell programs for ridiculous amounts of money for a weekend, you know, to learn how to wholesale, which is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, I, for me, subject to is a fad. Also the other fad I was going to bring up was, um, they call it arbitrage, right? Mm -hmm. Where people go get a property, they rent a property, and then they get, you know, with a master lease and then they, they short term rental it. Right. <laughs> and that's, you know, people have several people brought that up to me and I'm saying, so you just want to buy a job. Because that's a shitty job, actually. It's a horrible job. Yeah, like, we've you don't been there. really want, oh, I've been there. Like, I, I said, you know, I sold my last short term rental in 2021. I sold my last term short term rental then. And why? Like, the truth is, well, a few reasons. Number one, like, why am I not short term rentaling anything right now? Because um, I see it being um, more and more governance coming over it, right? So I see a lot of cities um, coming down on it, not wanting it. People don't want it, you know? People don't want it in their neighborhood. I don't want it in my neighborhood. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't want it. I I mean, I, I want the opportunity to exist for um, for homeowners, you know? But um, the, the challenge is, like usual, people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they just don't do it right. Um, but I, I can see it becoming more and more difficult to do. So that's the first thing. And I've, I've been in it since 2018. Um, and then also management. Mm -hmm. Like the truth is, is that Spoon said, I don't want to manage your Airbnbs anymore. And I was like, well, there goes that thing. 
like done. I am not doing that anymore because I'm not going to manage it. And I know how good Spoon is at yeah, it managing great. it. She's very, very good at it. You know, we did it together. I was there to be a support. But essentially, that's that was what she did, you know. And there's no way in the world that I'm going to try to find a, a good manager to manage my short-term rentals the way I would want them managed, right? right? So with, you know, respect and honor and dignity and, you know, doing it the right way, whatever. So um, that's why I'm out of it. But again, like owning, like renting a property and then doing short-term rentals on it is exhausting. It's a horrible job. It is a thankless job. And you really, what are you actually benefiting from? You're not a real estate investor at all. You literally are not a real estate investor, not even close. You just bought yourself a job as a property manager. Fun. You're you're saying specifically with the arbitrage concept. Arbitrage, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's not a real estate investor. You know, short-term rentals for properties you own is. We've we've seen guys really, you know, Keith comes to mind. A while back, member, had a lot of success doing it. And he kept doing it, right? Awesome. Great. But that was early on in that mm-hmm. whole game. Mm-hmm. Not sure what he's doing today, but at, at the end of it, he, he had success doing it. Sure. You can make money doing it. However, it isn't really about making money. It's like, do you want to be a real estate investor? Every time we spoke, I got to go. I got to go do this with this house. I got to go. I got to go. Like, so you're the whole point of your, it's a job. It's a crappy job. Yeah. And you're not, you're not building your own wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, if you want to be a real estate investor, you have to actually own real estate. Yeah. Right. So, and I think that people don't. And, and so more recently, um, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a thing that can really take off right now with the economy and the market and mm-hmm. the age group that it affects, yeah. right? Yeah. Assisted living, care yeah. facilities. Yes. It's a multifamily type thing, Absolutely. environment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You mean generational? <clears throat> yeah. Well, not necessarily generational, but just the assisted living side of things, right? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. Boomers are aging out. Boomers are aging out. Yeah. 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 They have the most money. Yes. They are able to care for themselves that way. Yes. So the opportunity is there. And what do we know? Uh, Remember, we were just talking about this uh, with Bryce. Mm -hmm. That by June, there's going to be so many defaults going into all these multifamily folks that stepped into at the height of the market the last few years that are going to collapse. So it's just opportunity that's going to be available to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And that should be something we are talking about, which of course is more scary to me because now, so this is a trigger for me, a personal trigger for me is taking advantage of um, elders, you know. And that's the fine line for me too. It's like, so what do you do? Mm. Right? You know, Kekoa, that's an example. Mm-hmm. I don't see him taking advantage of anybody. Absolutely not. He's setting it up in a way that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. So as a real real estate investor. As a real real estate yeah. investor, you yeah. own that. Yeah. You don't necessarily own the business. Right. No. You own the real estate. That's right. You lease right it out people. to the business mm-hmm. and it has to be congruent with who you are. Right. Who runs right. that business. Right, right, right. That's, you know, that's a different. different Super game. exciting. Yeah. I think that's an amazing um, business model. Now that's a model I can totally get behind. Right. That's a model where I see I, I see huge opportunity and I would like to continue to do that and, and uh, keep exploring the possibilities available there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, just taking it back to the beginning of this, right, it's where the banks are. Yeah. The things they're dealing with, mm-hmm. the collapses that are happening, where the economy is, the interest rates going up, all those things come into play. Every single one of them. Now they really do. Now it's a rescue mission. That's kind of the way we have to look at it. Mm-hmm. We're going. We're going to step in and rescue these people that stepped into loans that had great rates. Yep. They're just over their head. Yeah. Which is 
you know, leads to the next challenge, which is we still have a shortage of housing. Mm -hmm. We still don't have enough houses for everybody to be in. I was just talking to Manny and Tina earlier about they're going to go visit a homeowner, right? And this guy, he's on, and this is what we're going to see. Fixed income, $1,200 a month. Mm -hmm. So his, you know, his property taxes are $6,000 a year. And I mean, so that means that, you know, half of his income, essentially, it has to go to property taxes. So even though, and this is super crappy, because even though he paid off his home, like, you know, that's what the boomers were taught to do. That was a dream. I'm telling you, pay off your home, right? Get your retirement, get your social security and, you know, live your life out. And it is not enough. It's just not enough. So now... You know, I said, I, I'm so I'm like looking at solutions. Like, so he's in default on his property taxes as a result. So I'm saying, okay, well, first thing I said is how big is the house? Oh, it's like 1800 square feet and his wife died. And what he did was, oh, he went and got a hero loan. It's, mm. That's why his taxes are so high, by the way. So um, he can't afford to make the payments anymore because, of course, he did it when his wife died because, you know, she probably kept, she's the balloon holder. Stay here, stay here. Um, but I said, okay, so he maybe he needs to rent out a room because yeah. if he can do that, then he can probably, oh, no, he wants to live alone. And I'm like. Of course he does. <laughs> so now what does he do? What does this guy do? There's really not, he would have been, probably would have been okay had he not got the hero loan. But I mean, that's not an uncommon situation. I mean, truthfully, an extra $600 a month, you know, that's half of his income, mm -hmm. you know? So like, now where's he going to go? Where is he going to go where he can actually afford to live for, you know, 12 on his $1,200 a month? He's yeah. just not going to be able to. And there are more like that. Yeah. I know that because I have a meeting next week mm. with similar scenario, mm. it's, except it's 2200 mm -hmm. but the mortgage is 1200 yeah. The arrears is 25000 Yeah. So help me understand how you're going to continue. Because could we step in and say, here's the twenty five grand, it's done. Sure. And take the risk on them and let them be the renters and all that. Maybe. But 1200 and a 1000 That's their income. So. Jeez. And uh, well, that's from two people. Right. Yeah. So what happens if one of them passes? Then what? You, you know what I mean? Now right. you're either a 1000 or a 1200 right. right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. That's how many people are living in that right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then, you know. I mean, I can imagine from their perspective, oh, I worked my whole life to pay my house off and I did it. Congratulations. And so, so sorry. You know, there's, you know, maybe they should look at a reverse. I'm sure you considered that. but Of course. But of course you did. The house probably won't qualify. Won't qualify. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the loan to value ratio is not there. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that's, that's yeah. the thing. That is for sure the challenge is where do people go now and how do we continue to serve them? And, you know, when I think about when we first built the club and building the, um, you know, writing the mission statement and living under the mission statement of, you know, dwindled down people over profits. Um, it was because it was in the middle of the great financial crisis. And we were, we were talking about everybody was in foreclosure and there were so many people that were quote real estate investors that, you know, we're taking advantage of homeowners in their situation. And that's really where I began to champion people over profits. And I started championing um, homeowners in distress and really serving them 
in any way possible. It was just, it wasn't because I had that great idea. It wasn't that. Actually, it was just born out of necessity of being out there on the street talking to homeowners and like, man, realizing how badly they were getting screwed over. And so that became our business model. And that has just bled into our culture. And it's just how we do everything now, right? We do everything, how you do one thing, how you do everything. And so um, I can see now this is going to be, it's a new era of people over profit. And it's a new problem that people are, are facing right now, which is not enough income and not enough housing. And what do we do about that? And, you know, I, I just know that little by little, one person at a time, we make, you know, a uh, an impact with one person and every single one person matters rather than trying to take on the whole problem. Um, we just focus on the one. Like if it's one family we help, then we're doing, we're living out the mission and every single family matters. Right. And that's really the goal of the club um, is to, that's why we want 500 offices because this is, this is a, a new pandemic, if you will. It is a new epidemic of um, housing for boomers, especially, um, which I think is, it's terrifying to me um, for them. And I want to be able to provide as much support and results as I possibly can. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it's important that we do that. It's challenging. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to take a lot of people to buy into the concept of for sure. profits. For sure. Because it's so easy. It's a fine line, obviously, in this in this business specifically, that there's so much money to make. There really is. And crossing that line, right? people hover to it and then come back and hover to it. And others like, it's tempting. The hell with it. I'm yeah. past the line. Yeah. I'm two feet in. I may as well yeah. go 10. Don't, right? don't, 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 don't. So it's... it's, it's Our a, goal is to... Uh, our goal is to keep people, you know, bring them back to the light right. <laughs> and each other. Imagine. We hold each other accountable yeah. too, right? Yeah. It's it's not like we're so perfect. And, I mean, you, you just know, did it right now when I was sharing yeah. that story. You did yeah. think about a reverse, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. Because that. that's, that's how we, the, check. Yeah, that that's how the, we check each other. Yeah, and, exactly. Right? It's, it's the way it has to be done because otherwise like, yeah, it's real easy. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is without accountability, which is, I think, part of probably the most powerful part of our community is that we are a real community that actually knows each other, that actually um, holds each other accountable, that actually, you know, like we pour into who we are and what we do. And that's super, super cool. And it's not easy. No. Right? It's no, not. it's not sexy. That's why we're talking like this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like the old people. I feel like I need to ask for a front wheel walker. <laughs> like, let's go do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, I think this is a really good conversation. And I hope like if there's any takeaways that I want people to get from this conversation, it's it's a few things. It's number one, I want people to know that creative acquisitions is a very viable strategy Absolutely. and it's great and it works. But be careful. Please play it forward. Play it all the way forward. Like whatever, whoever you're you're buying the property from, make sure that you take full responsibility no matter what. Even if you are the one you you decide to give the opportunity to somebody else, you need to be on the hook with the seller. Like you have to take responsibility with the seller no matter what to protect all real estate investors um, in order to allow us to continue to bring real viable, good solutions for people. That's number one. Number two, um, you know, I, I know we're kind of talking shit, right? We're talking a little bit of shit about other people. We for sure are. Um, and I don't mean to do that in a way that I think that there's a, I think that there's a very viable and a very real need for education. 
for coaching, for mentorship, yeah. for community. I believe in it deeply. And do I think we should be the only community out there? Absolutely not. Do I think that there is plenty of room for several communities? I do. Um, and I'm not shy about that. And I'm not shy about charging people for coaching, charging people for membership to the club, charging for um, mentorship. I have no problem with that. I think it's appropriate. I, I don't, I think that that's absolutely appropriate. I want to champion other mentors and other coaches. I just want to make sure that people who are calling themselves a coach or a mentor can actually coach and mentor. You know, we had the club for probably five years, six years before I ever considered myself a coach and 10 years before I considered myself a mentor, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I guess seven years before I considered myself a mentor. I would not call myself a mentor and I wouldn't attempt to mentor people um, unless I actually had the experience and the success to be able to do it. And I think that's a super important piece of this is that I don't want people to just make up success in order to call themselves a coach or a mentor. And I, that's a big concern yeah, for you, me. You know, the other thing for me is there's, there's folks out there that call themselves mentors mm -hmm. and their focus just, they're, they're micro focused. Mm -hmm. oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's real estate. That's all I'm going to talk to you about. Sure. Dude, you can't co you can't mentor somebody unless you know them. Yeah, like you exactly. have to get to know who they are, what makes them tick, how they operate, so that you can read them, because then you can mentor them. Mentorship if, is very personal. It's, it's not, yeah, very it's, personal. It's not a playbook. Like, no, because everyone is different. Every it's, we're humans, right? So we're all yeah. dynamically different. Yeah, and that's very that's true. the thing about how you mentor is that you get to know the person at a deeper level, for sure, which is that much more valuable. Absolutely, because now you're. That's how we see the exponential growth in people. I expect my relationships with my mentees to be forever. You know, and I have plenty of people I've mentored for, you know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I don't ever deal. expect it to end. Yeah, that's very true. So I think those are um, the other important things um, that I really wanted people to, and to just be aware. Mm -hmm. You know, be aware. Like there needs to be a warning label on every creative acquisition. Like there should be a warning label Keep wrapped in it. Beware. Keep the, a buyer beware, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, to make sure that you know exactly what you're doing, what the risks are and then jump in like, and, and I think it is important to have community and coaching and mentorship. I do think it's accountability, I think it's a, yeah, accountability for sure. And the club, our club is very good at keeping people accountable because our mission is so crystal clear. Right. So, and it's not for everybody, that's for sure. But I think it's for more people than what they know. And we have done a terrible job of celebrating our success and letting people know what our, what our community is, what our club really is. We haven't done a great job of it. Um, we just do the work and then we think later about, Oh, we should, we should celebrate that, you know, publicly. Yeah. We're not great at it, but we're going to, we're, I'm not going to say we're going to get better. We, I feel like we've been saying that for a long time. So we're, and we're still here yeah. and still working through the process and still committed 100% to the process. So anyway, well, this was a great chat. Thank you. I don't want to yeah. go too much longer because, no, you know, good. it's yeah. about the right time. So um, I'm Melinda Boswell. So on behalf of New Wealth Advisors Club and Oscar Solaris, your COO um, and your CEO, we are flipping off and flipping out. See you guys later. Later. I'm Melina Boswell, your host of the Flippin' Off podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we'd love for you to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and tell your friends all about us. You can find more episodes of the Flippin' Off podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you like to listen to awesome podcasts like this. If you like what you've heard, we'd really appreciate it if you'd follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tell us the stories that you'd like to hear.